The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Don't change the well, good day, good afternoon, and welcome to Sports Day. Paul Heath with you for this Thursday afternoon. I have the new ball today as I uh, open up proceedings for Hayes and Mardo before they join you at 2 o'clock this afternoon for the run home. Another big show on the way for them, as well as myself this afternoon. Ben Smith, sports reporter with the West Australian, will join us in the next seg, and we will unveil our best 22 of 2023. I've got it in a very efficient looking envelope right here. Can't wait to bring you the rest of the team and uh, we can reflect on the year and uh, also some of the bigger sporting moments across the afternoon on Sports Day. So do get involved on that temperate bedsheet text line 0487 736 736. That's thanks to Bedshed, the experts in temper mattresses, pillows and adjustable bases. Check the range of temper products in store or visit bedshed.com.au or you could give us a call this afternoon, 13 12 55 perfect place to do it. Let's chat on the SEN airwaves and get to know each other just a little bit. Sports days, thanks to Kia. Epic has arrived. The all-electric Kia EV9, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. And a big welcome to Nutrient Ag Solutions. They're going further for Australian farmers and some very interesting chat around today that we'll dive into with the good oil in a minute and uh, we also have the Kia Top 7 heading your way early doors this afternoon so plenty to look forward to but let's dive in to that good oil for Cobram Estate Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil and I had two bits down here for the good oil uh, I think we'll get to both of them because they're both very interesting both very different but uh, two things that I would like to get your opinions on this afternoon on 0487 736 736 but let's start with the boss, Craig Hutchison, joined by Dame, Dame, Damo as well on uh, talking about, uh, on the sounding board that is, talking about media access and the differences between America, England and also Australia and uh, what maybe can be done to uh, help that with uh, the sports industry in Australia, or the sports media industry in Australia, seemingly being held at arm's length by all of the uh, players and also the media department. So here is Hutchie and Damo. Culturally, we're nowhere on this. We're getting worse. We're getting, we're getting worse. And, we get, and the distance between how global sport is communicated... Correct. And to us is, yeah. has never been broader, I think. Yeah, and all these media outlets that, that the clubs have got, and I'm all for it because they do some amazing work, but that is also creating the situation. Yeah, well, I, The AFL could come in over the top and still legislate and, and do it right now for round one, 2024... You've got complete access for half an hour after a game, every single game. Well, and, and during the week, every training. And during the week, yeah. yeah. I know you've been big on that during the yeah. week, yeah. Well, I think our game is devoid of personality. Completely. Sorry, our games, I would say, not just AFL. The lack of access at the top end of sport yep. is not is not good enough in Australia. People say, oh, that's sour grapes as a journalist. It actually, it actually doesn't affect you. No, Journalism is a little better with lack of access because then you've got, if you think you're any good, the, the crop of today, then they've got a competitive advantage of exporting that. But it's... Um, I'm talking about this ad nauseum. It's just abhorrent how unavailable mm. elite talent is, uh, coaches and uh, players and coaches in Australia. And then you get to the next in, level. In general, at the top tier. 
That's Hutchie and Damo on the sounding board, uh, reflecting on you know the access uh, to talent as far as uh, sports media industry goes, and also you know the bigger the newspapers, uh, the radio stations, anyone trying to you know sort of get an angle on a yarn or something like that. Um, it, it's pretty difficult. Um, there's only a certain amount of talent put up, put forward, and uh, I can understand where some of the um, sort of cases to the contrary come in and say, if you do happen to pop your head up, have a bit of personality, it gets slapped down pretty quickly and it gets asked to, you know, don't show that again. Whereas I've seen the differences with the American um, sort of culture and how they reflect on superstars. I think the best way that I saw it put was that, you know, Americans look at a sporting superstar and say, I want to be that. Whereas Australians perhaps are a bit more in the way of being like, what's so good about them uh, instead of uh, maybe championing them, letting them be themselves and also just allowing them their personality and also their, you know, talent to grow. So it's an interesting conversation. It's a fine line to walk, but I feel like, I mean, I'm obviously a bit uh, on the side of uh, more access, obviously because of my job, but I think something has to be done because we're not getting a chance to tell all the stories that are there within our fantastic sporting industry on the field and off the field. I think that just we miss so much with the lack of access that we are given uh, across all of our sports, all of our codes here in Australia. So let me know your thoughts on the Temperate Bedshed text line 0487 736 736 on Sports Day this afternoon. And that is the good oil. Thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. It is time to get into the Kia Top 7 today on Sports Day with Hader. Epic has arrived. The all-electric Kia EV9. Let's cast our minds back over what has been a big week. There's been a lot of turmoil as it's turned out and also a couple of fantastic performances. So let's pay tribute to them with the Kia Top 7. Number 7. This is something collectively we will be a responsibility for um, and the playing group to the coaching staff and the support staff. Um, we're all partly responsible for this. So I'm disappointed for CJ, um, but now we've uh, got a very short turnaround and we've got a find a way to get some enjoyment back and start winning games. Have you, reached, have you reached out to CJ? And I have, yeah, I spoke to him this morning. We don't advocate or like to see any head coach or player lose their job. Because here I am, Jack, there in the real world, and I know how precious those jobs are. So that's my first reaction is sad to see CJ go, somebody who I respect as a person, as a player. But, yeah, it'd be on 24. you got to get results. Well, I hate the timing of it. Coming off of the uh, the tough road trip that we've talked about quite a bit, we understand mistakes were made. But I just feel like you let him get through this holiday period, Damon, and see if he has the ability to turn it around. They're currently at 4-9. You give him another four or five games. If he turns it around, you're in a good position. Damon Lowry, uh, Derek Rucker, and also Scotty Nunes all speaking on the CJ Bruton being ousted from the Adelaide 36ers after, uh, yeah, what was uh, you know considered a bit of a road trip from hell. I thought very interesting the article I got a chance to uh, check out last night on the Herald Sun with a bit more insight into uh, what is going on behind the scenes at the 36ers. And it basically said that Bruton was on Monday called into a meeting with the owner, Grant Kelly, and the chief executive, Nick Barbato, and 
and his coaching staff, where Bruton was told to cut his rotation from eight, uh, 12 players down to eight. As part of the discussions between the coaching staff and power brokers, Bruton was instructed to remove underperforming veteran trio Mitch McCarron, Jason Kiddie, and Sunday Desh from the lineup and bench Aussie big man Isaac Humphreys for Saturday's clash with Cairns. It had been decided to shelve close to $900,000 in contracts, nearly half the league's $1.82 million salary cap in a reaction to Saturday night's 35-point hiding at the hands of the Jack Jumpers, where the Sixers only just avoided an all-time franchise low score of 59 points. So, yeah, very ugly scenes there. CJ Bruton's out of a job. Scotty Ninnis is in to uh, coach for the rest of the season, but it seems like a whole lot of disharmony there at the moment. Number six. And only the one substitution with Yallop coming in for Gorry. What was the reason behind only using the one player? Yeah, the reason was that we had a plan in, uh, in this camp to use the two games differently. And we wanted to save this group for a 90-minute game to really get the chance to feel what it's like to play this way in a 90-minute format. So we coached a bit differently tonight. We didn't coach like a tournament game. We coached it like a development game. So in that sense, we used to have the place for 90 minutes. Probably something they're going to be criticised for. But if Meek scores that goal to 1-1, if Alana scores that header, it will be a different discussion. Tony Gustavison, the Matildas coach. Yeah, probably going to get a bit of criticism there, Tony. I'd say so. Uh, one nil loss uh, to Canada and also a 5 nil loss in the rearview mirror. Only one uh, substitution for that match in the one nil loss. So... I'm still trying to understand it. I guess you are as well. But Ben Smith, who will join us shortly, will be able to uh, help us try and understand it at the very least with what's going on there with some of the other, not second stringers, but, uh, you know, some of the other outside of the first 11 talent getting a run at it, but not all getting a chance to get on the field. It's a real head scratcher. But let's keep going with the Kia Top 7. Number five. Sounded good, but it's gone straight up. Adams, no! It goes over the top. It's six off her first for Hinkley. Oh, my God. I thought that was straight up again. It was going to be fast, because that was amazing. She looks to. This time, she doesn't get all of it. Underneath it is Barsby, who takes the catch. Six and out for Hinkley. Across her crease here. Make sure she can reach this ball for the final. Doesn't have the distance. Mashungwe will track back, hold on to it, throw it in, and there it is. The Adelaide Strikers have gone back to back, but even bigger for them, they've gone back to back at their home ground. The Adelaide Oval in front of a magnificent crowd. A sea of blue can cheer in the celebrations. The Adelaide Strikers in their WBBL competition go back to back, defending five for 125 against the Brisbane Heat uh, back on Saturday, 8 for 122. The Heat got to a fantastic conclusion to what has been a pretty great tournament so far. Sure, say what you will about the Scorchers and the disappointment of how they wrapped up, but on the whole, you've got to look at it Australia-wide. It was a pretty great competition this year, and well done to the Adelaide Strikers. Number four. They put it into the middle of the ground, but it's all Brisbane stamped their authority on the AFLW. One of the most successful teams claims their second premiership in five attempts. Brisbane victors by 17 points. I hope people like the style of play we deliver. I don't know what you felt like as a spectacle today. Did you enjoy the footy? Yeah, it's... um, 
Look, we're, we're, we're high pressure and you know, a bit manic going forward. We'd like to have a little bit more cleaner method going forward, but um, we enjoy playing that style. We think our supporters love it um, and we like to go forward and score. So, you know, a seven goal to um, whatever North had four, like that's, that's a much better outcome than what we had last year when we were sort of two goals each, which was sort of something that I know we lost the game, but it sort of grated on me a little bit that we'd sort of put on a not such a good spectacle. The Brisbane Lions are the AFLW Premiers for 2023 after downing North Melbourne. Seven goals, 244 to four goals, 327. A fantastic effort. And you just heard from the coach, Craig Stasevich, just there as well. So well done to the team. Well done on getting through another season. And uh, I think that's their first or maybe second win from about four uh, grand finals in previous years. So well done to the Brisbane Lions AFLW team. Number three. The players are standing strong and saying, actually, no, we want to talk about this revenue share model, this partnership model. And the players are really serious about being custodians of the game. They're not going to send the game broke. They're asking for a partnership model. And that's where the sticking point is. My only concern now is that the relationship is so poisoned between the two mm. parties that we may not end up with any sort of meaningful agreement in the near future. What happens then? Yeah. Look, I, I don't know. And I, I'm wondering if a third party, if the government, if the federal government perhaps has to step in and say, you can't run the sport. It's better. It's been really hard, I think. All of us just want to be able to move forward with what we think is fair and reasonable for our player group. We want to feel like we're, we're valued. We want to feel like we're respected and listened to. And, yeah, hopefully um, tomorrow when um, we're in the room, we'll be able to um, get something done for our players. Sorry. Excuse me. It was huge uh, for Netball Australia and also the players to come to an agreement, get a bit of a resolution and get the new Super Netball season uh, on on track, basically. Get everyone paid back till about October and get everyone back to training and ready for the new season. So uh, I don't think... It can be underestimated, just the value of uh, how good it was to get it all done and get it back up and running. But uh, it's still to be seen how it all plays out and if, uh, you know, everyone can keep playing nice from here on out. Number two. Feels good. You know, it's really satisfying to just keep playing good golf. It's, you know, I'm out here to play. I'm going to try my best and, and to win um, something. It's good for the confidence. So, yeah, there was some tricky tricky holes out here and managed to keep it together and I'm sure if I get in some kind of contention position the next time I'll be have to draw on the experience of closing it out here nicely so it's it all means something. Adam Scott getting a win at the Cathedral Invitational, ending a 1,389-day victory drought. So you got to love that. Well done to Adam Scott. Let's get to our number one. Number one. Now I've been sent little snippets of it. Um, yeah, well, I hope he's okay. Is, does that comment suggest that you think Mitch is not okay if he's making such bold statements like that? I've got no idea. Mitchell Johnson was a fine player um, and, uh, you know, represented Australia, um, you know, I think got 300 and over 313 test wickets and he's entitled to his opinion. Well, from the message I got in, in April after the, I think it was around the time of, yeah, um, Candice had said a few, her, said her a bit about not, um, on the back page about not being open as, good enough to take the position. So that was probably when I responded to that and then I got a message from Dave which was quite um, personal 
Mitch Johnson, Dave Warner, George Bailey, Tim Payne, whoever else you want to throw in there across this week. That's easily the number one story of the week in the Kia Top 7. Thanks to Kia, the all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range. You're on Sports Day with Paul Heath this afternoon. Ben Smith's going to join us after the upcoming break. And Sports Day's thanks to Nutrient Ag Solutions going further. For Australian farmers, find your local branch at nutrient.com.au and don't forget to get involved on the temperate bedshed text line 0487 736 736 back with more after this